This is the Said No One Ever podcast, a podcast about things you never knew you wanted to hear about. I'm your host, Martin Moore. Let's get into it. Do the same, the, whatever that one is. Yes, one yes. Uh, well, we've tried different ones, and that one, really? whatever, whatever that. Well, well that's like the one, the one right in front. That's the one that's right in front. Yeah. And I recorded an episode once where I did the front and the back. Oh boy, that the echo was on that bad, was yeah. not was not ideal. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Said No One Ever podcast. I have got a little guest today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm ultra jacked about. I have known this guy for a long, long, long time. He's a fashion guru, an avid golfer, much better golfer than me, <laughs> uh, content creator, father, uh, some may say an influencer. Uh, and a very good friend, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Westfall. Oh man, it's a pleasure to be here, and and yeah, you're Welcome, too kind, buddy. Here. You're too kind. Oh, I love it. Uh, for my listeners and stuff who don't know who you are, why don't you talk about who you are, what you do, kind of just a little bit about your story? You know, the, the elevator pitch. Yeah, the, fill, the, fill the people in. The elevator pitch. So yeah, my name is Drew Westfall, um, but some of you might know me as Everyday Drew on Instagram and many platforms. I have lived many lives on social media and on the internet, and That's I have. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, you know, I'm just a. I wear a lot of hats, but um, probably the reason why you guys might be tuning in today and are interested because we're going to be talking about influencer marketing, content creators. And that's that's where I've made my professional career and also a hobby. A um, little bit about me: I started in the the men's fashion space, and that's that's really how I met Martin and Martin's work at at Cost Headphones, where he asked me to model some headphones back in the day. Right when I st- first started, yeah. you were like one of the first people I connected. Yeah, with. yeah, and you know we went out and shot and had a great time, and I got to be on some Cost billboards and. Commercials, Pam- pamphlets, and commercials, and, and subway yeah, billboards, yeah, subway. And all kinds of weird crap. Yeah, the the bus billboards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. it was a bus one. Um, <laughs> I was definitely in the Shepherd Express somewhere because oh, right. for like a while, I kept getting texts from the picture of me in the cost headphones in the collectivo. Uh, you were in some of the ads for the uh, Milwaukee Film Fest. Oh yeah, and, the Milwaukee Film Fest. Uh, yeah, it was we, like we've used you all over. Yeah, I've been around. <laughs> I've been around with with cost headphones on. But uh, yeah, lately I have kind of transitioned into working in the golf space. I was a, a college golfer. I played golf since I was a little kid. And like many people in, in the world, in 2020, when the world kind of shut down, golf courses opened up. Oh, yeah. And the golf... Boy, it was hard to get a tee time. It was, it's, and it stayed, it stayed hard to get a, a tee time. So the, the golf industry is booming. And I, I have my own podcast, Group Golf Therapy, where we talk about the intersection of mental health and golf. And, and and now I'm here on this podcast. So I'm just... I love. I started golfing like uh, this is my third real season. I rented clubs my first season. Yeah. It's my third real season. And like, dude, I love it. It it's the most enriching, and enlightening, but infuriating thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I on like a par three, I hit the flagpole, and I was like, holy crap, I'm gonna get like a hole in one. Yeah. And then I didn't. Yeah. But it was just like when you have those moments where it's just like, God. I feel like I feel like amazing. Like it's, I feel like I can play against Tiger Woods. It's it the feeling great. that keeps you coming back. And then there's those uh, when you shank them or uh, you know you uh, a couple chips out of a sand trap. Lose or a bunch in the water hazard. I have a bent three iron that I got really. We've all been there. We've <laughs> all been there. I, I think the, the beautiful thing about golf is you can you can go out and shoot 125, and That's then me. and then you can have that one shot where you hit the flag and you're like, 
oh my god, I'm coming back. Yeah, like it's like that. Like as long as that happens on the 18th. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, even if it happens on the first hole, then it's you know you're like you're chasing that uh, that, that feeling the whole round. Two questions, and then we'll we'll get on to the podcast. <laughs> one, have you ever hit a hole in one? No, I have not. Okay, still chasing that dragon. Okay, second question: If you did hit a hole in one, let's say it was on like the first or second hole, clubhouse. Like I mean, or, you, or would you, you keep? Playing? You might want to get another one in that round, and I get two. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad to have you on this episode. I've been going back and forth on what to call this episode. It was originally be called influencer culture, but it wasn't clickbaity enough for me, and so I yeah. want to call this episode influencers in the wild. Do you follow that Instagram account? Because it's one of my I do. favorite. I do favorite Instagram accounts of all time. If you don't know it, go on Instagram, put it in influencers in the wild. They actually yeah. have like a board game that's like the I game of that. life I on Target. The, I saw I the ordered ads. it. Oh, did and you? you basically choose like what influencer you're gonna be and all this. Oh god, the account's so funny. Basically, it's it's people who like they see like, I don't know, some girl on the beach shaking her butt and someone's taking a video yep. or some dude like rapping in his car or whatever. And like they, they catch them in this sort of candid voyeuristic way in the the act of, of creating content. And, I've never been on there, but there has been people that have like seen me on the street, like when I used to vlog, and yep. then they'd send me a video. I'm like, oh my god, I'm one of those. You people. <laughs> you could have if, if if only they would have sent it over to uh, influencers in the wild. You could have been famous. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you know, whenever I have a conversation about this topic, um, I always find myself buried in a lot of personal conflict because you know I talk about influencer culture with a lot of dissonance because I don't consider myself an influencer, even though I know that my actions with the vlog and the brands I've worked with completely contradict that right. uh, because like influencers drive me insane like sometimes yeah. but on the flip side I mean it's a great way to to make money and especially whether you're a video game streamer or you do fashion or whatever it is you can get a start uh very early at life even in high school or, or middle school or right out of college and you mm-hmm. can make a lot of money there's access and opportunity to money um and influence and working with brands in a way that when we were kids it was never it was never there no, you know no. back in the day uh, you know, being an influencer was you were a celebrity or you wanted to be an athlete mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And so it's interesting how it's changed. So I kind of want to get into the differences between an influencer and a content creator um, because I think there's, a, you know, a real big difference there when talking about those two. Uh, I want to get into how someone even becomes an influencer. How do they make money? Um, I want to get into some of the toxic trends we see on like LinkedIn and TikTok and just some of the, mm-hmm. some of the copycat people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Drew... For you, what is the, I guess, one, how would you describe an influencer? And two, what is the difference to you between a content creator and an influencer? Yeah, good question. And I think for a little bit of context for the audience at home, for me, my background is digital marketing. I went to school for communication and business. And to date myself, when I started college, I had to have a .edu address to get a Facebook account. (laughs) So that's how old I am. Instagram did not exist when I was in college. And Thank Twitter, God for it. I, probably, I mean, and Twitter, Twitter had just gotten started when I, when I was in college and it was interesting. Like you could still text like the number 4044 or whatever to, to text a tweet. God, I forgot before about smartphones, that. Yes. Before smartphones. And it was really funny because how me and my friends used Twitter was we used it as like a, a chat platform where we would text twi- tweets to each other. Yes. Like we did, we knew it was like going out there to our feed, but it was mostly like you would tweet at someone to message them instead of text them. Yeah, and I remember doing that in class and and like tweeting friends, and it was not the the social media behemoth that it is today. Right. So so that's the context of, of where I came from, 
and I started posting on Instagram probably in 2012, um, coming from like Tumblr and Reddit and style forums where I was like posting questions and posting outfits because that was where I got my start in, in the fashion world. And then I started posting on Instagram and obviously Instagram has become the platform that it is today. But Reels. Reels, <laughs> reels. Um, so, so that's how I got my start as a quote unquote influencer. And um, brands started reaching out and I, I got to meet a lot of really amazing people in the men's fashion industry, whether it's designers, um, brands and I've, I've made a lot of great relationships and have a lot of friendships through there. So that that's like the background of me and like where I, my viewpoint is on like the influence culture. So to get back to your original question, the difference between an influencer and a content creator in 2022, I see an influencer as a person who is uh, they're an advertiser, they're an extension of paid media. Mm. So you're you're they're looking to receive compensation for. Um, promoting a product um, or a destination or they're looking for payment for something that they're going to promote. And a content creator, while a content creator could be an influencer, I look at as a content creator as someone like Martin who creates amazing films and photography and um, he gets paid to do those things and he might have a following, but his his uh his heart isn't just trying to sell you yeah. a product. He's not trying to sell you popcorn or he's not trying to sell you some destination. Mom jeans. Mom <laughs> jeans. He's he's actually the one behind the behind the camera the, doing the editing like that has that experience. And some like it, there's a lot of crossover and it's a lot of gray area between those two. Oh yeah. But um I think truly an influencer is someone just looking to make money which is, I have nothing against that, uh, versus a content creator who is creating the content potentially behind what an influencer is, yeah. is creating. I've always said the difference between a content creator and influencer is sort of like bourbon and whiskey. Like, not all content creators are influencers, mm. but all influencers are content creators. True. Um, yeah. And so that, that's a nice that's a nice little little breakdown. Um I did the. I looked up because I always like to have like definitions. Oh yeah, the, stuff web, the Webster British. Dictionary. Yeah, influencer, a, a person with the ability to create content that influences potential buyers of a product and/or service by mm-hmm. promoting, recommending the items on social media. Uh, I got a couple interesting stats here about okay. like influencers and influencer culture. Sixty-one uh, of sixty-one percent of people trust influencer recommendations versus like a brand's social media. So like someone would trust you wearing mm-hmm. some Nikes versus like Nike actually posting something. Okay. Influencer market is worth $13.8 billion, which is, I didn't think it was that much. Yeah, that's a B, billions. Right. <laughs> Nano influencers with 1,000 to 5,000 followers, which would be me. Um, uh, micro influencers are 5,000 to 20,000 followers. Mega influencers are 100,000 to 1 million followers. And then celebrities are considered 1 million celebrities. Plus <laughs> yeah. Nano influencers have the highest engagement rate, which I yeah, believe makes because sense. Yeah. usually the people that are following you when you first start out or your small, you know, like channel like, uh, like me, um, it's all people that like are just messing with you because mm-hmm. you know they they actually really care. about They you. actually they're, know you. Yeah. You, they didn't like sign up for Twitter and they're like, "Do you want to follow Elon Musk?" And yeah. like all the these Kim people. Kardashian. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, micro influencers account for almost half of all influencers, which I, I definitely believe. Uh, with costs, I I work with our ambassador and influencer program, and I mean that's all I work with is micro influencers. I mean yeah. it's, it's great to be able to like help them out and connect with them. So cool. And there's no there's no BS. There's no yeah. contracts. There's no yeah. like. Give They're us just, this money, and then like we'll do this one post, and then you yeah. never see him again. Uh, the the wired it girl has just taken off. Yes, like, she has been connecting with her. Shout out Shelby. Connecting with her has been awesome. 
Um, and just like the whole wired headphones thing, yeah. like we've been like just selling so many portables and it's been cool like seeing that, but it's been great getting to like know her mm -hmm. and work with her yeah. and like send her stuff and just, and just see her let, creativity let it, yeah, let her and, cook. and just embrace something that kind of has died off with, you know, wireless earbuds and all that stuff and kind of making yeah. headphones like fashionable and unique and cool again. So yeah. she's dope. I, yeah. I, I've loved uh, working with her and meeting her. Uh, Gen Z is the most influenced by social media influencers, which mm -hmm. makes sense. Like they were they sense. were born into it. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, Harris Polls did a study, and kids between eight and twelve, uh, one third of them said they wanted to be like a vlogger, Instagrammer, or a YouTuber, which mm -hmm. I would I would consider an Instagrammer. And that's something that's really interesting, and I kind of want to get into with you. Is remember when we were in high school, like your senior year, and you would talk to your counselor, and they'd be like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And yeah. you're like a doctor or yeah. a firefighter, truck driver. Or, yeah, a truck yeah, driver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, now kids, they want to be influencers. Oh, yeah. Easy, yeah. So this is a question I like to ask a lot of people. In your opinion, is being an influencer, is that something that you can you can chase? Is that like a job that you can chase and go after and get? Or is that something that's earned and society crowns you that? You don't crown yourself that? What's, your, what's sort of your take on that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's – I look at it two ways. One is we. You just said the numbers. There's a 13 billion dollar industry, right. so it absolutely is a career path for for not just young people. Pretty much any Anyone, age, any age be person can be. 90 year old tap dancing grandma be, can on be TikTok. an influencer. So <laughs> I I would say, in my in my opinion, and like I've given talks and talked to um, college students and and people in the past, and I'm always saying you need to have a very uh, specific point of view to. Um, to be able to have any sort of credibility in the space that you're looking to, to, to learn in or to be an influencer in the word influencer has come from in or the influence. Like you yeah. have to, you have to have influence in something and you can't just say, well, I want to be a, a fashion influencer if you have no idea about fashion, yeah. you know, and that's like you said, like that's something that you have to earn and you have to learn and you have to like learn and grow from those experiences. I agree. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you have to, you have to have a point of view. You have to be offering something that's different to make it in the world. There's a lot of people that just copy what other people do and mm. they can still be successful. But in my opinion, you, you'll only be true to yourself if you're creating things that are 100%. that resonate with you 100 percent. let's get into a little bit of the the copycat stuff because you know this desire to become an influencer in 2022 is, is really different than you know like i said back in the day wanting to be an actor or a musician or an athlete like those were things that like i almost felt like you were sort of like born in like you were born to be an actor you were yeah. born to be a musician you know whereas like an influencer they they see people on TikTok and Instagram or or Tony Robbins on LinkedIn and they're like <laughs> I can I can emulate that and they basically just copy yeah, and, and create the same thing and, and then throw a bunch of shit on the wall and then just see if anything sticks. Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel like that is has become a big problem? Do you feel like that's just always been there and we just are more hyper aware of it now? But just the whole copycat generation that I feel like we're kind of living in right now. Yeah. I think due to social media, the copycat generation has it's become so much easier mm. because there are fewer gatekeepers yeah. so just like the fact that any person with a smartphone can become an influencer that that's the problem anyone can do it yeah. so there is 
there is no gatekeeping like in like in the old media. And I'm not saying that gatekeeping is a good thing. I'm just saying that in the past there were gatekeepers, whether it was the people at uh, production studios or the people making films and movies yeah. and music. There were people saying yes, no, yes, no. Checks and balances. Yeah, there were checks and balances. There were people, and and a lot of times that was bad because there were disproportionately number of people like people of color or people that didn't get opportunities yeah. to do things in, in create creatively in the yeah, world exactly and now there there are there are no barriers like you just have to have an instagram account and a phone so i think the copy generation it's become really easy like you can open up your explore page on instagram or tiktok and you just see the same thing different faces doing the same thing mm-hmm. and it's it works because people continue to do that but there's always someone that's originating it to begin with, yeah. and then people follow suit. What's frustrating is when the uh, person who creates it originally doesn't have the sort of following, and then someone copies that. Uh, yeah. You can look to like TikTok and a lot of like dances. A lot yeah. of them come from like the African American community, mm-hmm. and then some white person jumps on it yeah. who, who's popular on there, copies it, and now they're on you know like a late show like doing it, and yeah. that sort of stuff is frustrating. And I think it's 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 unfortunately a caveat of something that you had mentioned that I think is really beautiful about the fact that you can just bust your phone out, is that it, there is no gatekeepers. The entry level to 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 get on the internet, create whatever it is you want to create, and hit the send button and let it reach the world is incredible. It doesn't matter where you live, where you come from, how much money you have or you don't have. Nope. If you have access to a cell phone and an internet connection. You can start your creating, and the the playing field is completely level and completely mm-hmm. even, and I think that is very exciting. Um, but it does come with the caveats that there's going to be people that copy, there's people that hack the algorithm. I mean, that you can, if you really wanted to, you can hack that algorithm, yeah. and you can you can become famous and an influencer. Absolutely, and we see it all the time, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. Uh, but I mean, it can be done, but you're not. Like you said, you're not. It's not authentic, and it's like I couldn't sleep at night like that, yeah. knowing that every day all I was doing was just like doing what other people do, and yeah. you know. And I think that the the thing is like when you're just getting started, it's okay to copy things. Oh, that you sure, appreciate. I did exactly. Like you can see a point of view and say like, how can I like put my own twist yeah. on it? And yeah, for myself too. Like even with like fashion things, like you see things and you're like. I can do that. I can do, or I can do a better version or I can do a, put my own twist on it. Yeah. And that's like, I think that's how everyone gets their start. So there's nothing wrong with copying people that you respect. Absolutely. It's just, if you don't try to grow past that, then it's, it's there becomes a, an inflection point where like you have to, you have to start taking what you've learned mm-hmm. and then morphing it into uh, what it is you really want to do and taking all the things that you've learned and all the people that have influenced you and they sort of create your own thing. It's like when you learn how to play the piano, you're playing Mozart and Bach and Tchaikovsky. Yeah. You're not writing your own music. Right. But at some point, <laughs> if you want to be an artist, you're going to have to create your own thing. And so you take little bits of things that you learned at the piano or whatever it was and, and create your own thing. And I think it's it's people that don't get past that mm-hmm. uh, or break through that wall, that's when it becomes a problem for me. True. And, and, and people can snip that crap out like so, so easy. Easily. They really can. Do you think the word influencer is a, a dirty word now in 2022? It's it's weird. Like I, like I, I do. Work, I hate like when working. Call me I think the, the thing the thing is that because the marketing world, the marketing engine has just coined this term as like this is what we're gonna call anybody that has a following on social media. Yeah. That no matter what industry, whether you're in business to business, which I've worked in, whether you're in business to consumer, um, you, it's just like it's the hottest word to use. So you can just say to any company, you could be selling, you could be manufacturing car parts, you could be snowmobile handlebars, you could, yeah, you or you could be you could be a destination <laughs> like Turks and Caicos, and and 
influencer will be the word that that their marketing teams are talking about like we need influencers we yeah. don't know what that means but we need it yeah. so i think it, it feels like for me as like an influencer a dirty <laughs> word but if that's what helps me get in the door then yeah. i guess that's i just don't want to be lumped into like the same group of like kim kardashian and like logan paul yeah and, like like to me those are like they're, they're like in true like yeah, they're celebrities there. i'm just yeah. a content creator yeah. that happens to make a little money and get some opportunity but like i've i never set out to like to like influence people or trick people into buying something or get a service or i never set out to like use my whatever status i had to to manipulate people and, and get them to do something like it was always just like I would make stuff for brands because I want to make it my way. I turned down a lot of brands. You know, there was a major uh, beer company in Milwaukee that wanted me to make a video, but they wanted creative control over the whole mm-hmm. thing. They like, wanted to be able to edit. Like, we edit. just want you to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. It, we want you to shoot it. And we want you to use your face to sell our beer. And it was a lot of money. And I said, no, you know. And and so that's why I don't like when, like, I get lumped into the, you know, the... the I, in, I, I, think, I just hate it. I think it's a dirty I, word. I, I think... Mean, insane i think the like just to to toot your own horn martin like you're a very like authentic and genuine person and those are (laughs) and those are things that those are obviously siri (laughs) those are so i think that so you're a really genuine person martin and i think that those words are are also become buzzwords in the marketing community Mm. like like we want authentic communities and we want uh genuine people and but i think for you like just being able to say it's not a flex to say like i turned down money but it's if it wasn't true to you, then that's, I think people see in like your vlogs and the content that you've created in the past that you're not, you're not looking to just sell things or you're not just out here to hawk things and make money. Like the thing, the, the things that you post are, are very true to you and, and like your vision. And, and I think that if more people operated that way, the influencer word wouldn't feel so dirty because then it wouldn't feel like every time you saw a post from someone, you're like, well, Clearly, they were paid to do this. Like, right. the, I always go back to the the Scott Disick, yeah. where he posted the <laughs> caption that said, "Like on Thursday, post this cap," and he posted that as his caption, yeah. like from whoever paid him to do <laughs> yeah. this. He didn't even read the the caption that it was like you only put the part in quotations. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that just makes the influencers look bad yes. because, like, well, obviously, all these people are out here to make money, which is fine, but. Yeah, it just that 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 feels really dirty. It, when does. Stuff it feels like that very happens. disingenuous. Yes. Have you ever turned down money or turned down a uh, a brand because they wanted to, you to do something that you didn't want to or or have control over something? Yeah, or? well, I think for me, like doing working in like the men's fashion space, there are. I mean, there's unfortunately a lot of brands that just don't like I wouldn't wear or I'm not really sure. interested in. So it's like kind of easy to turn those on because I'm like, well, I would never wear that, so I would definitely never post that on my account because I. It's just not my style. So it's like you have to kind of let those people down gracefully. Like, hey, like, thanks for thinking of me, but that's not really for me. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. How is social media and vanity and narcissism and just people want to be, they want to be seen now. How has that perpetuated influencer culture and just the, the obsession with people wanting to be visible all the time? Yeah, I think it's hard because, one, people are this generation of of people are addicted to their smartphones in general. So even for like myself, so I don't share many personal things on my Instagram account, like at all. Like I don't share my family. I don't share. I I just kind of share things that I like. Um, So like you see a very small glimpse into my world, like golf and clothes, Mm -hmm. which is 
if you didn't know me, you're like, well, this, this, that's all this guy cares about. Yeah. But for people that do know me, they know that there's a lot of other things going on in my life. So I think some people, it depends on like what your brand on social is. Like some people like mommy bloggers or, <sighs> or like bloggers that are just like, they, they will share like from when they wake up to when they go to bed every single day yeah. and all the things that are happening. So if that's like your brand, then I can see how that's like really easy to like share those things. And yeah. that could potentially fuel a narcissistic person <laughs> that they're sharing every single thing about every detail about their life. How um, do you, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. How do you feel as a father about parents who use their kids as content, whether you're their family, mommy influencers, or they have their kids open toys on YouTube? Yeah. How do, how do you feel about that? And you're welcome to feel any way you want yeah, about yeah. it. No, no judgment. People can do what they want. But as a, yeah. as a dad, like when you see people using their kids as, as tools and pawns to sell toys and ads and make money, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, personally, like my wife and I are like very private people on social. Like I barely use Facebook. Like I have it because it's it's like a necessary evil when you're working in this. But right. I, I just, I can't wait I don't, for the day we can get rid of that. I, 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 See you later, Meta. Um, <laughs> but I, I, so personally, like, I, I don't, I don't want to like exploit my kids or my family for, for that, just because like, it's like it's private to me, and like I'll share it with you if like I have a lot of group chats that I share those with, yeah. but not, but not on Instagram. So I think you know it, it's, it's up to the person. Like I'm, like you said, I don't judge people that share their kids and share their families because I do, I do appreciate viewing that content as a parent because you can see hey, other people are going through the same thing you're going through. Yeah. Like, oh, you have a toddler that's that's throwing a fit in the store or, you know, like they're... And I so, can see the stress in your face. And I can see this. So, like, <laughs> I, I do, I appreciate family bloggers and the people that are sharing that content. But, I mean, it does... It's not for me, but it, yeah. So it's like it's a, it's a fine line. Like I'm 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 I choose not to do it, but I can see the benefit yeah. in it, and I can see how it really humanizes your brand. Because anytime you're trying to like make a a branding strategy, you want to humanize it to the consumer. Yes. So what's more humanizing to a consumer than sharing every detail about your life? Oh yeah. Uh, but I think that does open you up for like if you look at a lot of famous vloggers or couple vloggers that have you know had gotten divorced and then like that plays out on social media oh, jesse and, and gina from um uh, bf versus gf they were yeah. they were one of the first prank youtube uh vloggers and they were together for like a decade they mm -hmm. broke up and boy the internet had something to say about that exactly so it's like <laughs> when you like open up your life for like public consumption right it it can you know lead to a lot of other like heartbreak and heartache and other things and like you, you have to have tough skin oh, God, and thick yeah. skin because when you're putting your kids out there and then you see the YouTube comments about people talking about your kids, it's right. like, that's, I couldn't, I couldn't and that's do that. Where I have, that's where I have the issue with it. Whether they talk about their appearance or they talk about the kid's personality. And I've talked about this before. Um, I, I personally have a big problem with anyone that posts their kids on the internet because these kids, we have a whole generation of kids that are going to grow up and they're going to turn 18 years old one day, be an adult, and their entire life is going to be on the internet if their too, parents yeah. allowed it. And these kids might want to be CEOs. They may want to run for public office. They may want to do a myriad Anything, of, of things. Yeah. And there's going to be endless gobs of content to create deep fakes, to, oh God, to yeah. do whatever they want with these people's kids. Yeah, you, their likeness. You know, you, yeah, you, you use their likeness for uh, attack ads or whatever the fuck, whatever they can think of. Yeah. And it, it so that's what drives me crazy about mm -hmm. people that use their kids for content or they post it every baby. For, like, I get it, but if you're going to do it, make your account private. Yeah. Like, I, I really honestly am worried about about that. That, you know, that, that this generation, generation of kids. But yeah. it's, in the flip side, 
I don't think they give a shit. I mean, yeah. they grew up in a world where everything is on the internet, and they're when they turn eighteen or even before eighteen, they're already posting on TikTok. So, yep. in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? Am I just being a boomer? Right. I don't know. Well, I, Using kids as content, it's it's, it's I, a weird. I think thing. that's I think that's super interesting. Uh, super interesting to think about, Martin, because I I still remember my freshman year in college, the the person uh, like one of the deans was like it was like freshman orientation, and he said, like remember that whatever you post on social media someday could like come back and haunt you oh, when yeah. you're trying to get a job but now it's like encouraged like now yeah. like sharing your life is encouraged so mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of we've done a 180 from saying don't share anything on social media yeah. to like you should be sharing otherwise people will think you're not a real person well for sure i always say i don't trust anybody that doesn't have at least 10 selfies on their instagram that's true it's like, <laughs> like what do what do you even look like yeah. there's i mean i think in, in like your world like photographers and videographers a lot of them they share their portfolio yeah. which is not them so like you see a really cool like aesthetic like foot photography account. Like, boy, like, what do they like, look like? Yeah, like wh- who is this person that has this amazing right. like street style photography? Or that was whatever. something I always wanted to do as an air quotes an influencer <laughs> was I always wanted to share who I was behind the camera, with, which I guess makes sense because I vlog and the camera's pointed on me. Yeah. But even when I was doing photography before the vlog, like I always wanted to include as much as I could of my personal life so that people could relate to me and see me as a real human being because yeah. I think that makes you. If your goal is to sort of uh, be popular, I don't know what other word to use, but popular, yeah, like <laughs> making yourself accessible yeah. and humanizing yourself, I think is a, is a huge thing, and it, and it goes it goes a long way, especially if you are authentic, mm-hmm. which I wasn't at first. I mean, I watch my early YouTube vlogs, and I mean, I you can tell I'm putting on an act, you can tell I'm nervous and putting on a show. And it's like now I can just like flip my phone out and yap to it, and I'm completely comfortable. And yeah, I think when people see that, it goes it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the most obnoxious social media platform that harbors wannabe influencers, in your opinion? Oh man, I mean they. I, think I have they, mine. They they all do, and maybe ours are the same. But the one the one platform that really bothers me is LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's just like there it is. Every everything that people post has to, has to be like have some sort of like angle attached to yes. it, where it's like oh like this is my viewpoint, and or it's like you know I just like whatever I just quit my job, or just like I just did this. And they're like thing. proud of that. Yeah, like, and that then they... it's just like I just I I don't I don't get LinkedIn. Like oh, I don't I understand it. it. I hate it because I feel like it's a lot of people that just listened to like a Gary Vee podcast yeah. and then went on there and regurgitated whatever it was they heard. Yeah. Um, it's people, it's like hashtag Hank at the bank on his lunch bank or his lunch break at like working in, the, in front of the bank and then like going back and doing some like motivational thing that like he heard on a YouTube video. Yeah. It's just people peddling bullshit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of bullshit. With, on, with on no LinkedIn. receipts to back it up. And it drives me absolutely insane. I yeah. cannot stand LinkedIn influencers. I, I don't, I, I, it seems like it's such a weird concept to say like I'm a LinkedIn influencer. Uh, like you're, that's a phrase. That's yeah. a thing. It's like, oh, what, they use all the corporate lingo yeah, and buzzwords, all the buzzwords. Yeah. Oh, it drives me insane. Yeah. Do it's I like, I don't, it? but like, I don't even know what you're what you're doing like what it's like oh it's it's uh sally from hr like giving yeah. a motivational speech i'm like what i, I don't like, what? i don't care sally yeah. like yeah. What? but then it's like oh that person that has like that post has fifteen thousand likes I'm yeah. like, what like, like if you're so fucking smart why aren't you like why aren't you uh like doing this why do you even have a day job why aren't you going around helping other companies and stuff like that why exactly. are you messing around on linkedin I just yeah, it's I a strange it's a strange platform. It is. And for me, it's the one that harbors the most wannabe influencers. Yeah. They just all wanna be like motivational people. Speakers, yeah. And the other thing that drives me crazy is there's people that'll like start businesses and they'll like document that whole journey and they get like clout 
from like starting the business and fit and like failing at it and yeah. like it's weird. It, ah, it's, it's I don't such get a, it. It's such an odd. Well, you've talked about it in the past, but it's that like hustle porn. Yes, hustle idea. porn. Yeah. That was our that was our first episode yeah. on this. podcast. I remember that. That was great. And yeah, that that it, that is exactly what LinkedIn is. It's nothing yeah. but hustle porn. Yeah. And I just and I, like in like small doses. Like and the thing is, like you can take some of the things that you learn on there, and it's like, oh, okay, that was that was interesting. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like my bible. Like I'm not going to go there and be right. like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn from Sally and HR at at For this some bank. Yeah, it is. I, I know. I've had it, clearly, it is. People and they're like they're talking about, oh yeah, this person on. I mean, LinkedIn posted this thing and they start like pontificating to me about what they learned and I'm just like, you're like I'm stop. Good. You're like I'm good. Stop. Thank, thank you, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay. I, yeah. I logged off today. So do you think you know influencer culture is toxic to society or do you think it's just an evolution of of what's always sort of existed? You know, circling back. Oh God, circle back. I hate that word. Circling back to you know when people yeah. wanted to be actors or musicians or athletes. Yeah. Do you think people have always wanted to be influencers? Social media is just sort of that next phase or stage of it. Yeah. Or, or do you think or do you think it's just a, a completely new thing that's sort of manifested because of social media and the internet uh, i think it's, it's definitely just an, an evolution of of like the human co- like connection to yeah. people so like obviously social media has changed how how people are able to connect when you have a global pandemic that shuts down the world literally and the only way that you can connect with people is social is via social media i think that also will like escalate things that were maybe at a tipping point and now it's like people are so much use so much more used to connecting via Zoom or connecting via yeah. video that it's not a foreign concept. So even though the the younger generation millennials and some Gen Xers they they understood like okay this is where the world's going. What I think in 2020, the rest of the world caught up to that. And I mean like yes. the boomers and everyone else where they're like oh my god, in order for us to continue doing business, we have to do everything remote. Yep. So they finally understood what the younger generation already saw as like the future. And now you see more and more big corporations like we're fully remote, blah, blah, blah. So I think that the pandemic definitely helped escalate oh, for sure. what was our, what was kind of bubbling over to like, I think it would have gotten to that point, but I think with the world shutting down it and, and, and every corporation saying that we have to figure out how we can keep the doors open, that then it just blew the doors open for influencer marketing because like they were already primed and waiting. Like influencers have been around for seven or eight years. Yeah. So it was just now that they're getting their time to shine because they were influencers were able to continue creating because a lot of them they just do it by themselves they don't need they and you can there was no production crew and you can ship something to anyone like fedex and ups delivers anywhere so they can get product during a pandemic and they can create content and people have money during the pandemic to spend yeah huge huge money to spend yep and and influencers (laughs) were were taking advantage of that oh for sure so here this is a question that you know I've gotten asked and I think it's something that would fascinate the listeners of this episode. How do how do influencers make money? I, I mean, mean you and I know the the answer to yeah. this but to 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 sort of uh give some information to the listeners of the podcast. Yeah, I mean to, I mean to break it down like very basic it's like you have a platform and and an audience and hopefully the audience is authentic and you didn't just like buy them. Right. Um but let's say you have a point of view so I'll just go with myself so I I make golf content. Um, I play golf. So it's like a golf brand will say, hey, Drew, we love your content. I'm sure your audience loves your content, and we can see that by your engagement. We would love for you to promote our brand, fill in the fill in the, the blank brand, and we have this new golf club coming out, and we'll pay you this much for a post. And 
there, there it is. And then you, and then you just copy and paste that in any other market or industry, whether yeah. it's like you said, makeup, skincare, pizza pockets, pizza pockets. <laughs> like there's yeah, food, food influencers. Yeah. That's huge. Oh, um, big time. Family influencers, headphones. mommy bloggers, <laughs> headphones. So it's like you can you can replicate that across any industry. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's it's huge. It's a huge industry. And, and growing. Yeah. And there, there's some really creative people out there doing really cool things and taking what they've done as content creators and just sort of tweak it a little bit mm-hmm. for, for a product for a brand. And yep. I, th- I think the people that, that do that really well and when they do have like a sponsored post, it, it's not like just out of the blue and seems like yeah. inauthentic to what their channel has normally been. I think those are the people in the, in the channels that, that really, really do well. Yeah. Where it's like... When it's in your feed, you're like, oh, this is really cool. And like, it, it seems like the content that they always create. It's not some weird one off. Yeah, you know? where they're just like talking about it on like a, a single cam. And then, yeah, yeah. That's what I hate about um, like YouTube now is all of the like they pause, like they're making a vlog or a video and then they stop. I want to talk quick today about today's sponsor. Yeah. And like, there's this one YouTube channel called um, Real Life Lore that I love watching. And he basically talks about like, what's the deepest tunnel that we could dig Mm. or like how far can you drive in a straight line around the world? And like, he has all these really cool, interesting YouTube videos. Um, but like his sponsor, um, like that sponsors him is all is like sort of the same sort of like information and stuff like that. They're a website, like where you can access information and like, he's really good at weaving his sponsors into, you know, his, content in his YouTube videos versus yeah. like you watch someone and then like they like you watch like a, a mommy channel and then she pauses to talk about NordVPN or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. When, when there's that cold <laughs> cut like that, yeah. it's just like, I hate, I hate seeing that sort of like, yeah, like you didn't do content. you didn't do a lot of work to try and yeah. break that one into like, the, the segment. It, so now I know that this vlog you made or this reel or TikTok you made, you didn't make it because like you were going to make it anyways. You made it because it was sponsored. And like yeah. those are the sort of turnoffs and the sort of like influencers that I don't like. Yeah. When it's just so blatantly obvious that you're trying to sell an ad. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as an influencer myself, like I just, I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's definitely some ads where you're like. How did that? The yeah, NordVPN, like that's yeah. weird. You were just talking about you and your kids going to yeah, right, going to the park, well, and yeah. now you're talking about selling a VPN. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's that's the big one. Uh, all right, final question. Uh, so, if you weren't doing like like golf and fashion stuff like that, like what what other sort of influencer would you want to be? Like it could be like an athlete, it could be a basketball player, it could be something that like you would never be good at, but like in, in another in another world or the metaverse. Oh, the metaverse. Yeah. Oh, man. Like don't, if you could get, don't even get me started. If you metaverse. could get paid to, to do something uh, that would sort of influence other people, like what would that be? I mean, honestly, this might be an unpopular opinion, but like I'm like I'm looking forward to the day when I don't have to be on social media anymore. Yeah, like, that's like to for me that's that's the ultimate goal is to not have to to do like be a part of the rat race and, and just like be <sighs> out it. of it. Um, like uh, unfortunately, my professional life and my hobbies both entail working in in like social media marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, like working on our podcast and doing things in like the media world are like definitely growing. So it's like there can be a point where I can just be creating and not having to to be the one manning the social media channels. Yeah, like I'm I'm good. Just with be that. Drew, not everyday yeah. Drew. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just just regular I love it. Drew. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I've been sort of doing. Like. Ever since I got my job at Koss and, you know, I'm doing what I love. Like, I don't, 
I don't need to hustle anymore. I've caught my carrot. So I've just yeah. kind of like been passing on my opportunities to other younger people and just kind of, you know, enjoying sitting back in the shadows. Like, I don't care if people don't recognize me anymore. I wish yeah. they do, which is neat. And like, I still get brands that reach out to me, but like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's not the, it's not the end goal yeah. anymore. But if I was in another life, I'd want to be an actor. Actor, I could yeah. see that. I would, I would, I feel like that would be, that would be fun. Actor slash comedian. Comedian would be good. Yeah, I could see I, you doing I would some stand-up do, bits. We had uh, Serena Beecher on here for an um, uh, episode called You're Not Funny, mm-hmm. and she's convincing me to try and go up and do stand-up one day. And I can see like, it. I can see you doing a tight a tight 10. I'm, I can be funny like in a real-time conversation, yeah. but put me in a mic and like try and tell a joke. No. Not going to happen. Not gonna, they're gonna Maybe be. Someday. I'm not a dad, and I'm gonna yeah. tell dad jokes. It's it will be that. That, bad. that would be a funny <laughs> angle. You're like, I tell dad jokes, and and I'm not a father. Yeah, right. Uh, Drew, where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter. I mean, I don't really use those five. Instagram, Everyday Drew. Uh, follow my podcast at Group Golf Therapy. Also on Instagram. Website. Maybe see on a commercial during Maybe. a Bucks game or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. I, was, so I, I, I remember when I saw you on TV, and I was like, "Holy crap, that's Drew!" And I was yeah. like texting you as if you didn't already know I, that. I did. Well, it was it was cool. I got I was on a Golf Digest commercial, and it was it like aired during like Monday Night Football. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, that's it was Monday was. Night Football, and it was also during the national championship game. Yeah, the, the college cha- football championship. So like, I just yeah, my phone definitely got a, a few texts <laughs> that night with people like, "Did I just see you on a Golf Digest commercial?" Yeah. I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, that was that was me. Well, that's, a, that's a nice little flex. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. I didn't I didn't even know it was going to be a national campaign. Oh, like, really? I was, so I was d- down in Nevada for like the Golf Digest hot list testing. Mm-hmm. So they test all the new newest clubs, and I was like one of the eighteen people that they oh, like brought nice. down. And I didn't know it was going to be an, a national app. Like I, it was just cool to go down and sure. test like the brand new clubs for the year. So. Yeah, that was a that was a, an extra perk. We're gonna have to uh, get on the course together. And, yes, uh, we're gonna play some. You're uh, gonna have to teach me teach me a couple. We could, things. we could go to a driving range first. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm going for, I'm golfing in Door County in a couple weeks. I'm Ooh. really excited. Like a really nice course. Peninsula State yep. Park. Yep, I love um, that place. Be- like just like the lake right there. Yeah. I mean, it you, looks you, like have a you played it before? Game. No, okay. I've never been to Door County. What? So I've been to 49 states. Haven't been to Door County. How is a Wisconsinite never been to Door County? I don't know. I, my biggest my biggest dream is when we go to Hawaii for a 50th state, I want to golf when I'm there. I don't care if I have to rent yeah. clubs. Yeah. I want to feel you will, like you'll I'm playing a video yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every every golf course. I've never been to Hawaii, but I know from seeing the picture and videos. I want to golf all, by like volcanoes Yeah, in a volcano. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, dude, thank you so much for finally coming on yes. the episode. It's, it's, it's been, been a lot of fun. It's been a long time coming. Oh, Thanks, love Martin. You, dude. Love you too.